0: Our second scripture reading comes from Luke 2, 8 through 20. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them.
1: That's just about, like, the sweetest song. Uh, Away in the manger, our little Lord sleeps sweetly. Uh, I mean, according to the song, it it was a majestic, holy moment. The barnyard animals, which are... I don't know if you all spent any time around animals in, like, farms. They're usually loud and annoying, but this night they've gone quiet. The stars are out and they're twinkling, and and even the baby doesn't cry because this night is perfect. Our Christmas carols paint a serene picture of a beautiful birth. It would seem that a lot of what we talk about about Christmas is all about this perfect moment. Uh, I mean, pretty much all of the songs that we listen to at Christmas uh, are about cheer and joy, not just like the, the, the hymns and the carols, but like Jingle Bells, White Christmas, Winter Wonderland, All I Want for Christmas is You. One after another, they tell us that this year, Christmas will be perfect. And, you know, I am still waiting for a group of carolers to come and knock on my door and and just start in. Well, it's beginning to look a lot like suffering everywhere you go. My family's doing worse, and I feel like I've been cursed, and I'm not okay But that'd be way too bleak for Christmas because this is the happiest time of year, right? (laughs) Mm, Coco, coming through, I appreciate you. Because that's sort of true, there is a lot of joy. Lots of us gather with friends and family. And as I even have written right here, From what I hear, Christmas with little kids is the bee's knees. I mean, they like it a lot. And there's also a lot of pain around Christmas. Christmas can bring reminders of loved ones lost, of strained relationships, of rejection, of painful memories, or even just like a year that seems unreasonably hard. I, I think there are probably as many tears of sadness as there are tears of joy on Christmas morning. While some folks drink to celebrate, their neighbors drink to forget. Christmas is complicated, and and not just like in our lives. In, in the Bible, it's complicated too. Like, Harold sing of a perfect baby who doesn't cry, but that cuts out a lot of details. Like, the fact, to start with, that Mary is unexpectedly, inexplicably pregnant. She and Joseph claim that the baby comes from divine stock, but that doesn't mean that anybody else buys it. Like, everyone else would see a woman who's pregnant when she's not supposed to be. They'd see scandal and shame. Everyone else would have told Mary and Joseph to stay away. Because, well, there weren't really inns or hotels at the time this is written. And the word that we translate as inn in our scripture is more like guest room. So when we hear that line, and there was no room at the inn, what we're actually hearing are family and friends telling Joseph, you and your knocked up fiance aren't sleeping under my roof. So... Mary gives birth in a barn next to animals. This is anything but serene. It's messy and smelly and loud and unsanitary. Nothing like that pretty song we just sang. But the loud, smelly, heartbreaking song that's actually in Luke's gospel is far more beautiful because it's a song of divinity showing up in the bleakest of moments. It's a song of love joining us in, in all those places where we're ashamed or where we feel excluded, all of the places that, that cause us anxiety and fear. That's where God shows up, drawing beauty out of chaos, breathing love and grace. And in case we missed it in that first reading, the first people to hear about to receive the birth announcements are shepherds watching their flocks by night. Again, that's such a romantic turn of phrase, in the fields watching their flock by night. It's only romantic because we've never actually met shepherds. I mean, uh the, this is what it, like, I, I was trying to imagine like a job description for a shepherd, and it sort of went like this. Like, must be willing to sleep outside without shelter on cold, wet nights, must be willing to fight off a pack of dogs, must be willing to work for minimum wage, must be willing to smell like manure, must be willing to violate religious purity laws. Basically, you're looking for a dirty, violent heathen who's financially desperate. That's a shepherd. That's the first person the divine messengers tell about the birth of Jesus, or, or we presume that that's the first people that get told. Throughout the Bible, divine messengers, which are also they are sometimes referred to as angels, angels and divine messengers, they show up places and they are not recognized. Like their first appearance, actually in the Book of Genesis, they come to Abraham and he thinks that they're visitors. He doesn't know they're angels. Balaam doesn't see an angel that's directly in front of him. At the empty tomb, Mary Magdalene talks to an angel, and she thinks he's a gardener. And as the book of Hebrews reminds us, and as the newsboys remind us, we might be entertaining angels any time we show compassion on a stranger. I'm glad like three people were at Creation Fest at the Gorge in 1997 to get that, that reference. Um, where I'm going with this is that in the Bible, angels usually aren't recognized. So I sort of like the idea that it, it wasn't only that God chose these shepherds, but that these shepherds could see something others could not. They were able to see the presence of the divine in what seemed like an ordinary moment. They, they saw divine messengers, in a field at night, and then they traveled to a barn where they saw the divine presence in a baby. Our Christmas carols tell us about a warm, fuzzy night where everything was just right, but the song that rang out was more beautiful still. It was a song that proclaimed that that God's not reserved for only people who are good and holy Hope and love and joy are not only for, like, special people who have it all together, who, like, somehow manage to buy all of the right Christmas presents without any credit card debt, or somehow manage to escape all the consumer madness. Christmas isn't actually about silent nights or holy nights. It's not about being polite or pure or not having a history or not having problems. It's Santa. That's the one who checks if we're naughty or nice, not Jesus. The arrival of the Holy Child on Christmas morning isn't reserved for perfect people. It doesn't actually make everything magically better or take away our problems. Instead, Jesus finds a spot that's filled with manure and says, this is perfect. Angels go looking for some of the poorest most excluded folks around and says, hey, come here, y'all, maybe, maybe more than anybody else, I want you to see this. Divine love hovers over our weary world like, like a spiritual presence that grounds us and connects us to each other. It sings the song of God that declares, here with you is where I want to be in the pain and the joy, in the happy moments and the sad. My home is with you. Amen.